Welcome to Smart Takes. I'm Kristen Bankert. I am a creative director here at St. John, and joining me today is Miss Jennifer Harmon. She is uh, executive vice president for the agency, and she leads our restaurant practice and recently just launched our new store by store, which is a really cool approach to driving growth uh, in uh, local stores using data. So we'll get into that in a minute, but it's so nice to have you here, Jen. I'm so glad to be here. It's so much fun to be on the camera with you. We're usually on the other side. Very much so. Um, so we've worked together for a long time. Uh, we don't need to name years, um, but you certainly have a ton of experience in the restaurant field. Uh, and we together collectively have a lot of experience um, working on various restaurant brands over the course of our tenure here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your your past life restaurant brands, and then we can talk about. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I just am very passionate about restaurant brands. And that's the great thing about St. John is it has such depth in restaurants. And that's always been super great because um, when I joined St. John, you know, there'd been years already spent on restaurants and growth and understanding traffic and sales. So I've had the good fortune to work with Firehouse Subs when they were first starting and helping to grow very quickly with co-ops and media spend. I worked on Bojangles and a Bojangles franchise when Bojangles was really small. Um, I've just worked on a number of restaurants over the years and just had a great time. I'm super passionate about restaurants. But the great thing is all the restaurant brands that we've worked on together. You think we can name them? I th I'm going to go, go Zaxby's first. All right. I'm going to go Smoothie King. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Metro Diner. I'm going to go Ruby Tuesday. Oh, yes. Um, oh, uh, Eggs Up Grill. Oh, I love that one. I'm going to go back to Wendy's franchise that okay. we worked on numbers of years ago. Wow, that is old school. Yeah, I, gosh, that might be it. But hopefully we'll get to do that again very soon and build some more brands because we love it and well, seem to be good at it. And we're already, you know, taking on new clients with Store by Store, which is really exciting. So, and they're restaurant clients. I think we could do it for retailer, but right now we're really leaning into our, our true DNA, which is restaurants and the experience of driving traffic and sales for them. So tell us, um, I mentioned Store by Store at the open. And so tell us kind of what's going on with the agency and how we're building that practice and the unique things we're doing for um, our current brands and, and brands that may be looking for an agency partner to help grow. Yes. Well, the great thing about store by store, it can work alongside your agency. So it doesn't have to be um, your agency of record. We would love on St. John to be the agency of record. But for store by store, we absolutely could work alongside the restaurant partners, your agency, your marketing team. Um, it's really a data driven solution to driving new growth. And mm -hmm. that starts at that store level. So we take all that data and marketers are surprisingly covered up with data. Yeah, um, They have so much data. I think most marketers and marketing leadership know how to read their data, but they have so much it's hard to get it compiled. So one of the things we've done is built a proprietary model to really look at their transactions, the preference of the guest, and really dig into it. We use uh, third-party proximity data, and we add that to see where the restaurants, in that we're on the restaurants, where the peat stores are coming from, where the traffic's coming from, rather. Mm. Um, and we're really looking to drive new growth. And so we can get over the challenges and the barriers of any store. You know, we are going to start there and then we'll look at it regionally. We can look at it, um, you know, from a market perspective, and then we can look at the system and find like stores and kind of group cohorts and be able to come up with, you know, growth plans that can cover 
their system really. And, and you're, you're doing, doing that, that on a just what we remember from our Zaxby's days and, and other brands is that same store comp sales. So you're getting you're getting into it and you're getting into the nitty gritty details on a store by store basis so that you can help stores grow independently and then collectively as a as a brand or a franchise, correct? The thing about same store comp sales is for years, you measured yourself against same store comp sales as well as traffic. And same store comp sales were legitimate. They were realistic because you took very minimal pricing mm-hmm. increases. You didn't want to uh, turn off a customer and have them not come back again because that price tag at the end of their average check was bigger and greater than they wanted to spend. Mm-hmm. Today, same store comp sales ever since COVID ended um, have basically been the uh, highest they've ever been in the system. So people are making the same store comp sales, but they're not driving traffic. They're not increasing loyalty and they're not increasing frequency. And that's going to be a bigger issue as we move forward during this very difficult time um you know with the with the predictive recession right um with prices going through the roof with staffing difficult right um so that's that's really what we're up against so it's it's really same store traffic interesting so that is a great segue into my my next question is um the kind of the state of the plates if you will um, for restaurants because i'm out we my family eats out a lot and i've noticed that when we're out um it's the restaurants seem to be full uh, I mean, it seems to be pretty busy. I also know we've got inflation right now, so things are more expensive. So what are you seeing right now um, in terms of where the restaurant industry is and where it may be going, given the kind of ep- economic realities we're facing right now? Well, I think we see right now that sales are continuing to be up, mm-hmm. but that is primarily because they've taken multiple pricing increases and they're legitimate price increases. It's not like they're just trying to make more money. Right. Um, those restaurants are up against all of the pricing going up for the food products that they buy. Their cogs are going up, meaning they're, they're spending more on their food costs and they know that mm-hmm. um, and they have to raise it a bit to be able to you know, even break even in some cases. Um, they are making a profit but it's not what people would think when you see that sales might be up anywhere between five and twenty percent um unless that traffic is up as well that majority of that growth is on required increase in spending i Mm. think most people what they're talking about is center of the plate when we talk about how do you engineer a plate so the value is still there for the guest but the profitability is there as well Mm -hmm. that's a big part of a marketer's job right now they get with culinary and they work with their analysts and they figure out what their food cost is and they really have to think hard about what is going to make that guest feel like they got a great value right and still keep the cogs in line they aim for somewhere you know in the early in the low 30s and in reality um, you know, they're, most of them are up above that. So the COGS are an issue right now for them, as you know, mm-hmm. because you see it in the stores. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to get great staffing. It's hard to get people to want to work yeah. in the restaurant industry. People are changing constantly. They're moving on. Um, so we've got, you know, that's true not only with the, you know, the servers. It's true with back of the house. Right. It's true with management. Um, it's it's a difficult industry right now, and you you get so much turnover, and it's always been pretty high turnover. That the stores that are really going to win and win well are the ones that are going to have excellent training for their servers. Sure. I was not to interject, but I was going to say the one thing I've noticed when I'm out, um, there's there are a lot of people out dining, but I have noticed a, a little bit of a slip in the quality of the service, maybe even in the 
quality of the food, certainly in the in the speed in which you know it's it's being delivered. So, is that a result of you know the the economy right now, the lack of training? To your point, the lack of staffing. I mean, I think some of it is there's a little bit of all of that mm -hmm. in there. You know, if you have a disappointing experience, mm -hmm. um, unless you're an incredibly loyal guest, you're not going to come back. And you're careful about your money spent. Everybody right. is uh, feeling the pinch, even if they're more than willing to spend it and they have the disposable income, they still want a good experience. Sure. So I think that what you're seeing is sometimes they haven't built the plate around value so that they can maybe increase the fries or increase the vegetable or right. you know price it a little bit less because they're going to maybe make the mainstay the center of the plate less uh, ounces there are all kinds of ways they can work that the other part that you're seeing i think is that because the staffing changes so often the mm -hmm. servers are coming in and out management is coming in and out um, it's hard to get them trained. Yep. So if they have a bad experience, particularly back of the house, I mean, a cook is gold. Right, right. If you have a good cook, you can absolutely run a store. If you have a good manager, you can run a store. Mm -hmm. But if you're a large multi-unit brand, you really need to provide the solutions and the tools at the store level for even the most novice of servers so that they can either have scripting that they have with them at the table uh, for a disappointed guest that's had a bad experience of what they can do for them, how they can fix it. If you don't fix it, it's far more likely right. they will not come back. Right. And that's really important right now is, is, is fixing it before they leave the store. And that also means fixing before they leave the drive-thru or fixing it before before sure. they decide they'll never order again on DoorDash. I mean, right, not right, from right. your brand. So what are some ways that, that what are some ways that restaurants can can do that? Because if we're saying like it's a one strike, you're out almost right now because people are going to use their money, spend their money wisely and they're going to, going to be very judicious and where they go. And if they have a disappointing experience, especially if it's with some place they've never tried before, right. how how do you get that person back? I mean, because everyone's going to make mistakes, but how do you how do you save that customer, I guess? That, yeah, well, I think, I mean, you may not save all of them, right. and that's that's going to happen. I think that you, um, you can script them in the app that they're building the menu that they're ordering on. You can script them behind the back of the house. It can be on posters so that they can just get that three or four alternatives they have. You can invite them back in with a free meal. You um, can take mm -hmm. something off their meal. You can write it off for free. You can recook it. I mean, there's a lot of alternatives, and you, they need to have the confidence that they have the ability to do that mm -hmm. um, and it may and great managers will leap in usually they've mm -hmm. trained their staff to immediately alert them and let them know that there's a problem and they they have solutions as well but mm -hmm. leaving people without a solution without the knowledge that they can go to a manager or they can look at the script or they can provide a comp card mm -hmm. something that gives the person you've got to invite them back in right. before they walk out the door right um, a very loyal guest will let you fail a couple of times mm -hmm. but then they True. won't after that, I know yeah. the Wall Street Journal just re released a big article about people are really, they're just kind of really fed up. Yeah. They're really done with a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And because we know that we're paying mm -hmm. more than we've ever paid and the service isn't going to be potentially as good, the restaurants that are winning are the restaurants that have really kept their experience up. That's a great, I, I was going to just ask about that next. Um, so I've noticed a couple of things. Number one, let's talk about uh, a little bit about how important that 
dining in experiences. And then I've noticed even near me, specifically with the Smoothie King, they are opening a drive through only location. So you can't even, you don't even have the option to go in. Is that becoming more prevalent? Is that, does that hurt the experience or is that, is that just a financial decision to make it more efficient? That was a lot to throw at you, but let's talk about experience in general. I think that's a great question and a, and a great point because what we're seeing is that a lot of of quick service restaurants are looking investing in models that have no dining room right i think in the long run a dining room is still going to be needed because if people are going to pay for an experience Mm -hmm. and that includes the food that includes how it's packaged and includes whether it's hot when it's hot and cold when it's supposed to be cold um all of that goes into how they feel about that brand. So your experience can be just in a drive-through. It can be through the delivery service. It can be sitting in the dining room. I do think that um, the models that were built for quick service, some of the models were very expensive. You know, one of the brands that you know we love and talk about all the time is Zaxby's, and mm-hmm. they've had incredible growth uh, and are continuing to open. And they're actually looking at a two or three stores without any kind of dining room in them. Mm. I hate that for Zaxby's though. I think they'll be incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on where the stores are. They're opening one in Clemson, South Carolina. If you've got a lot of college students mm-hmm. late at night, they'll be right. thrilled to have a drive-through <laughs> and, and multiple drive-throughs. Yes. Um, but you, you know, Zaxby's is an experience. It's all about the sauces. It's all about sitting in there and trying. Yes. It's all about the crunch of the chicken. It's about delivery. You know, it always delivers on the promise. And the community. Really rooted themselves in they, the communities. Totally. Right? I mean, yes. they are fanatics, and they yes. are, and you feel that. Yes. And that was a part of what we built right. to, to bring them together in that community of fanatics. So yes. you really could all go, oh my gosh, that's Zaxby's. There are other brands like that mm-hmm. that are just ripe for that to mm-hmm. feel, you know, to have that. One of the things I saw the other day um, for Bojangles is that their their leadership, their new CEO, is really wanting to build a brand about experience. And I think you can have an experience even in the drive-thru. So it's going to be interesting to mm-hmm. see what happens. I think that, as we know, over the next six months, people in the fine dining are going to drop down into casual. Casual is going to drop down to fast casual. Fast casual is going to drop down to QSR. Right. And, and pizza, I'll put in pizza in the fast casual. They're, the cash, fast casual and the pizzas are going to be huge winners um, they do need to make sure they get their fair share of that really great new traffic and that they are mm-hmm. really creating loyal guests out of it. it's not just a once mm-hmm. here in their experience but the brands that are casual and fast casual they do have the ability to really lean into their experience mm-hmm. to lean into more of a crafting kind of experience right. that they made it by hand and you know i think of panera who does a great job both in the drive-through and delivery and really when you sit down the food is always very fresh the lettuce looks fabulous I, they're their people are trained yes i really think and they do have the right thing in mind they're they do lean a lot into sustainability and into being good for the community and to the community so that again goes to experience is mm-hmm. how you are a neighbor in your town and the brands that really feel like they're a part of their local mm-hmm. community has a lot to do with that and it kind of gets us back to store by store which is kind of like a secret weapon i think for right. st john because it really is looking at what is uniquely happening at every store mm-hmm. And it builds up to see what's going on in that market and how can we get over the challenges and barriers of the stores that are really not doing well and plus up the stores that are doing incredibly well sure. to grow them more. Um, one of the things that 
I think about a lot when I think about store by store is that the local community and your and how you reach out into the community building roots is important but what store by store does is actually takes that data and looks at the proximity of your customers it looks where they're coming from it it sees that there are other people out there that do use you not with the loyalty if you can increase your loyalty of your you know infrequent user that's a win right there yeah. and if they already believe in you and have mm -hmm. faith in you and you deliver on that promise again and again and you make it right when they don't that's the way that store by store can make a big difference and it's, it's like, like you're giving customized solutions for potentially a huge brand with many locations but each store is like getting its own customized solution based on how they're producing what they're good at what they need to work on which is super unique. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, you'll find in, in a very large brand that a lot of the issues in the struggling stores are franchisees. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a new store. It doesn't have any awareness. People are not, you know, they're just not clued into what the brand can offer and they're right. not, they're just not coming by. Yep. The others are stores that aren't operating well. And that is, is somewhat out of the, you know, uh, area of our expertise. We know how things need to run and we can help identify that by looking at reviews and consumer reports and understanding and helping them see what's going on. But really our secret weapon in store by store is taking the brand that they've built and the communication that they use and the creative that they bought into and help them maximize, optimize the sure. opportunity for sales, traffic, and most importantly, for loyalty to understand the guests coming into those stores and how do you get more of them and how they are very different from each other mm -hmm. uh, and even a, a market is very different from each other but it's we can group like stores and come up with plans for like stores sure. based on the kind of challenges and barriers that they're up against so what has the feedback been with um the brands that have um invited store by store in to look at to look at their their data and and help them kind of figure it out and navigate what's the response been the response has been great and you know i think that when you hear it's going to have data-driven solutions you think oh it's just another <laughs> right data scientist looking at my work and i've already got a lot of those or i've got so much i can't even know what they're telling me is right but what we do is so clear-cut mm -hmm. we we really look at their transactions we break it down by day part by capacity by areas of 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 need uh where they might be able to drive it more we look at their preference so what is that guest really enjoying in that market because often it's different mm -hmm. you know if you have a lot of stores up north they may be you know loving waffles and you might have another uh area down in the south that loves fried chicken that's bone in and you might and if you're a casual diner you're struggling a little bit there so we don't try to go in and and change the advertising and the messaging and the branding what we do is try to help them know where to lean into mm -hmm. to drive more guests for that store mm -hmm. and we look at everything to give you what I consider a complete picture of that store, what's going on there and where their opportunities are. And we have uh, a number of stores that have tested a pilot initially before we moved on to a, a full-term brand experience and relationship. 
and they've already had 5% incremental traffic and sales. Mm -hmm. And what's big here is traffic. Mm -hmm. And we can see that, you know, there's proximity data now and attribution data now that we can actually see who's coming in, what they're spending, where they live. And most people have that, which don't use it effectively. Right. And don't have the time to really look at it at the store level. Or maybe even understand how to understand how to take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I would, I would think for a, a brand that's invested any amount, whether it's a big brand and they have a ton of money to spend on their marketing or a smaller brand that is watching every dime that's that's less overwhelming or intimidating when you come in a store by store. You're, you're not asking them to make wholesale changes. No. It's just, look, let's just look at what you're doing and let's make it work harder. That's exactly right. We're optimizing what they're already doing. Right. We're not going to change their messaging. We're not going to change their creative. We may say, you know what, this store is like hot for your, your smoked sausage and, you know, mm-hmm club sandwich mm-hmm. um if you can lean into that at late night because it looks like you already have a lot of people leading with you at late night but you don't have full capacity you have an opportunity there there's that digital social local advertising is so affordable mm-hmm. and there and and you know every brand is doing it um store by store is not trying to tackle the brand overlay it's not mm-hmm. trying to tackle their image advertising it's not trying to tackle even how their messaging looks it's just trying to take what they're already doing and helping them make sure that they're putting the right message at the right time for the right audience it's that old-fashioned statement um and i think it really works 